You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast. I am thrilled to have you today. Uh, So we're in the middle of a podcast series that we call The Nine Ways to Follow Jesus. And uh, this is very, very important to me, important to our church, because these nine ways we follow Jesus, they're central to our discipleship strategy. We want believers to walk in the image of Jesus Christ, to grow more and more like Christ, and not just to be cultural Christians kind of on the sideline. We don't want you just to go through religious rituals. We don't want you to be like a Pharisee from the days of Jesus. We want you to be changed. And these nine ways that we follow Jesus are nine markers that we found in the scriptures that seem to help distinguish the way Jesus followers live as opposed to the way that Pharisees or um, other religious people in the Gospels who were not Jesus followers lived. Well, to help me out with the with today's episode of the podcast is our discipleship pastor, Mike Hogan. So, hey, Mike, thanks for being with us, man. Hey, Ben. Thanks so much for inviting me. Man, we're glad to have you. And, and Mike, I know that you are extremely familiar with the nine ways because when we were developing these, you were very involved in that process. Um, also, because as part of our new member process, you know, you oversee that process. You know, you uh, you introduce church members to this concept in the Connecting to Carterville seminar. So here's a little plug for that. If you want to join Carterville, we'd love to have you. But you need to take that. Uh, Mike would love to offer you the nine ways to, I mean, the uh, Connecting Carterville seminar as we try to help you know our mission. So, Mike, I know you are super familiar with the nine ways. What are we talking about today? What's our topic? Well, Ben, the topic today is obedience. Uh, and as I've thought about obedience, as we have shared with this uh, very often, You know, I think our first step of obedience is recognizing the Holy Spirit's nudging in our lives so that we as sinners, uh, you know, need to have that saving grace in Jesus Christ where he died upon the cross. And so our first step of obedience actually is salvation and accepting Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. So uh, first plug for us here is, is if you're listening to this and the Spirit's Mm -hmm. been dealing with you and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, know that there's a... A gentleman out there who was standing at the right hand of the Father, God himself, who came down, died on the cross to shed his precious blood to save us from our sins. And Ben or I, one, would love to have an opportunity to share with you about how you too can be saved. Well, there's a theologian named A.W. Tozier. A.W. Tozier said that one of the biggest heresies that we have throughout evangelical circles today is the widely accepted concept that we can accept Christ uh, only as we need him as a savior, but we get the opportunity to postpone our obedience to him as Lord as long as we want to. Well, Ben, you and I know that that's not scriptural. Salvation comes with obedience. Discipleship actually is about the complete obedience to the word of God that is driven by a heart that can stand to do nothing less and a mind that knows it pays to focus on nothing else. Jesus in his great commission instructed his disciples to teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John went on in the little book that he wrote, 1 John, and says that we know that we've come to know him if we obey his commands. And so the man who says he knows him and does not obey the commands of God, you know, really needs to, uh, John calls him a liar. I'm not saying that. That's John's word. It's not New Testament Christianity for sure. 
That's right. And, and so obeying the commands that Jesus gave us is part of it. But in reality, uh, I have found myself, like many others, people who attend church, we sing the songs, we hear the biblical message, and then we get up and we walk out of the service. We return home the same way that we left from home that morning with no apparent change in our lives. But Jesus expects us to obey his word, to make it applicable, to live it out every day. You're not wasting your breath on sermons that G, that God gives you every week just just to you know to put on a show but you're giving us God's holy word that is supposed to as you've been preaching from Romans chapter 12 transform us into obedient disciples for Jesus Christ the way that we can live it out I think mostly is the conversation Jude and I've had recently uh, we do that most easily when we learn to recognize the Spirit's voice in our lives and just do what He asks us yes. to do. Just say yes and be obedient because the Spirit will never ask us to do anything that is contrary to the Word of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mike, this is this is kind of a backwards idea for me. I've never thought of it this way. You know, but one of the things that I used to teach in youth group and I teach my kids and, um, and I still you know, stand behind this, and when you're trying to resist a temptation, now th so this is not necessarily obedience. Hold on a minute. You mm -hmm. know, when you're trying to resist temptation, it'll really help you if you'll just make a decision beforehand that you're going to say no to certain things. Like if you've already made up your mind, you know, that you're going to say no to certain kinds of temptations, then the first time somebody says, hey, do you want to, you're, you're stronger, you're more able to say no, no. Well, that's actually a really good, I mean, that's a way to train your convictions and your conscience and just prepare yourself to, you know, stay pure. But let me flip that around. Like for believers, what if believers train themselves to say yes to the Holy Spirit? Like what if you just agreed that you're going to obey God? That the next thing God says to do, you're not going to argue with him. You're not going to, you're not going to debate him. You're not going to try to quiet that still small voice and see if he pesters you. Like, what would it look like to live a month of your life as a believer just saying yes? That every time God gave you a nudge, you, you said, I've already made up my mind. When I get the nudge from God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I'm going to obey him. I wonder what on earth our lives would look like if we were that obedient to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And what would our communities look like yeah. if we did that out in the world? You know, if you're, if you're in the parking lot of Walmart and there's a lady who's struggling getting her bags in, and you feel a nudge from the Spirit That's to right, help that lady that. or gentleman yeah. uh, to put his bags you know, in the car, and you say yes, and you walk over in the name of Christ and give them assistance. You know, you know that's what God wants you to do. do you know that God yeah. wants you to pray. You know that he wants yeah. you reading his Bible. You know that he wants you to repent daily. You know he wants you to serve others, to love your neighbors yourself. We know those things. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to just say yes is, is a great. Thank you so much uh, for that. You know, Dave Browning said, that we are convinced that the gap between that's holding most disciples back is not by how much they know or don't know, but it's the gap between what they know and what they're actually living out wow. in their lives. You know, because actually many of us as Christians are educated beyond our obedience because we're not saying yes to all the things we know that we should be saying yes to. So for a lot of us, the growth gap is not that you don't know enough about Jesus; is that you're just not obeying the we're not obeying the things we already know. That's right. You know, and and how how would our culture change? 
How would our how would the things that we're going through right now be different if I didn't look at a person because of the color of their skin, but I looked at them as the fact that they are created in the image of Christ and that I'm supposed to serve them regardless, you know. Uh, you know, I love the little song, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. And so when we begin to say yes to the spirit, whether we're red, yellow, black, or white, and do things, we will, I think, be able to see the church, the local church, the universal church, uh, that is all nationalities and all peoples, all all saved by the same Jesus, yeah. be able to actually sit down and have the kind of conversations that we need to have that will make genuine actual change in the society in which we live. We get away from the cultural Christianity you mentioned, and we begin to live out uh, with my brothers uh, and sisters, regardless of what nationality yeah. they are, the way that Christ wanted us to. That's a really powerful example to me, Mike, because if you think about it, for a lot of us, the reason we resist the Spirit is because we we approach the world from a worldview that we've already created. In other words, we already have preferences you know, we're already prone to say, well, that's not the way I think, or that's not what I do, right? And it seems to me that it's almost like a precursor that we would stand before God and say, well, that's not what I used to do, so how do you want me to, to behave? And you know, your example about just a cultural bias, you know, or you know, ethnic superiority or racism or you know, wherever somebody falls in, in, in that, it's no surprise that we show up in front of God with some built-in, disobedience or sin or preferences. But I think like how powerful would it be to follow in your example to think that people would look to God and say, I know that's who I used to be, but starting today, I want to obey you. I'm not going to do what feels natural to me anymore. I'm going to do what you say. That would be hard for a lot of people, but I totally agree with you that it would lead to the kind of change that could change communities in real change, you know, and for the better. Thanks, right. Mike. Yeah. And Jesus did that. I mean, Jesus did that with, with the Greeks. Jesus did that with the Romans. Jesus yeah. did that with the Samaritans. Jesus did that with everybody that he was around and showed that, hey, I'm dying for all yeah. in here. Well, you know, uh, Ben, as I thought about obedience, one of the things that I was reminded of is that we discipline ourselves for the purpose of excelling in our professions, in our school, in our hobbies, in our extracurricular activities, but how many of us truly through obedience discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness? Wow, yeah. Are we really disciplined in trying to hear God's yeah. voice and, and listen to him and obey? And so uh, there's a little there's a little triangle. If So if you have a piece of paper right now and you're not driving yeah. and you can sit down, I challenge you to draw a triangle. At the top of the triangle, write knowing God. Okay. The bottom left corner, right, loving God. All right. And the next side, the next point of the triangle, right, obeying God. All right. We come to know God through salvation. We learn to love him because of what he did for us. And the more we love him, the more we obey. And the more we obey him, the more we want to know him. And the more we know him, the more we love him. And it's a continuous circle around that triangle. As we become more obedient, God is going to reveal more and more of himself to us. Wow. And we're able yeah. to love him more and more and more. And the more I love him, the more I want to get to know him. Uh, I thought I loved my wife when we got married 45 years ago. We dated for a long time. But after we got married, guys, as you're aware, and ladies, as you're aware, all of a sudden we realized that, whoa, there's a lot of things we didn't know. Yeah. We think we know God. But until we truly become obedient to him, we're not uh, able to see all of the love that he has for us. 
uh, and all of the blessings he has for us and all the grace that he has for us. So the more we obey, the more we know. The more we know, the more we love. The more we love, the more we obey. And that's a, a great uh, example for us. So my question for me, my question for you, Ben, is through your obedience, through my obedience, are we more like God today than we were yesterday? And so that will be my thought as we leave here today. Mike, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And church family, that's a heavy word for you to think about. So I, I totally agree, Mike. You know, I've said for a couple of years now that if, you know, the, the, to me, the way to measure discipleship, it's not how much you know, it's how much you love and how much you obey God. And so if, if, if we're measuring discipleship that way, how are we obeying God? Mike, I really, really appreciate today's episode of the podcast. Thanks for being with us, man. Thank you.